When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. The Minnesota Vikings have been around since 1961. And we just want them to win a damn Super Bowl before we die. Welcome to Before We Die with Jesse and Thor on Purple Daily and Score North. What's going on, everybody? This is Before We Die. I'm Jesse Pierce. He's Thor Nystrom. He's Ross Brendel, our producer. Uh, We are here hosting this brand new Score North Purple Daily Vikings spinoff here. Talking all things Vikings, giving it a little bit of a twist because like you all, we just want the Minnesota Vikings to do better before we die. I mean, we didn't choose this life. It chose us. We're Minnesotans. We're born here. We're in the thick of it. Uh, So it'd be nice to see a little bit of success. Um, So all the Vikings talk that you want, we're here for it. Those of you might know me from Bar Down Beauties and NHL.com covering hockey, that whole gambit. But I'm giving uh, my Purple Pride a little bit of showcase now with Score North alongside Thor here. Uh, Thor and I actually used to work at the Brainerd Dispatch, not at the same time, but cool, you know, had both that experience in our back belts. We did. Yeah, I'm, I'm from Brainerd and shout out to Mike Bialka and Mike O'Rourke <laughs> and everyone there at the Brainerd Dispatch. Yeah, we, both alums, both Jesse and I. So that was kind of fu- a fun bit of symmetry. I'm from Brainerd, like I said. I, I, I've been in Minnesota most of my life. There was a stop in Kansas for undergrad and a stop in Iowa for grad school. And Jesse, I know, is an Iowa State grad. Yeah. So it's we can't yeah. get into that in episode one, Thor. We yeah, just can't well, start well, the rivalry yet. We'll stay with the symmetry before we, we we become enemies in the wild. But I my career started out in baseball. I, I was lucky enough where coming out of undergrad, I got to do an MLB.com internship covering the Twins, which is where some of you guys may have heard my name first. But lucky enough, over my, the course of my time at NBC, I was eventually able to, to come back to my true love, which is college football, NFL draft, and football coverage in general. I've never gotten to, to do an NFL podcast before. I've, I've always been a Vikings fan, a diehard Vikings fan. I saved my professional, you know, you know, doing your work without bias and being objective. I saved that for college football and the NFL draft. But I, with, with the Vikings, I'm all kinds of bias. I, I always have been and I always will be huge fan. And, and like the show says, the title of it, we just want to see a Super Bowl before we die. You're no stranger from wiping the tears with your Vikings jersey every season. It's happened quite a bit, more than I'd like to admit. <laughs> and Ross, tell us, I mean, people are probably a little bit more familiar with you than they might be with us. So uh, the deets. No, no brain earned experience for me other than that I have vacationed there. I did, uh, just like you, Jesse, cover small town city council and school board meetings when I was working in a small town. So we have that in common. The one thing we all have in common, everybody on this show, everybody listening to this podcast, we just want to see the Minnesota Vikings win a Super Bowl before we die. Hence 
the name. So to date myself, I am almost 36. I remember watching the Vikings in the mid-90s. Remember the playoff game the Vikings won in New York after recovering an onside kick and beating the Giants, giving Denny Green his first playoff win. That's probably the first Vikings game I remember. The first real heartbreak I remember is the Gary Anderson game, of course, the title game against the Atlanta Falcons. And after that game, my my dad, who's lived through four Super Bowl losses, just tells me, well, now you know what it's like to be a Vikings fan. Exactly. And I do remember thinking, ah, it won't always be like this. Yeah. Well, 24 years later, I mean, he wasn't all that wrong, but it will happen mm-hmm. before we die. And I'm very happy to be here manning the ones and twos, as they say, for both of you. I love it. Well, again, we're going to be talking all things Vikings in our very first episode here. I want to talk about that number 69 jersey you're wearing, Thor, appropriately enough, because Jared Allen inducted will be inducted, excuse me, into the Vikings Ring of Honor, joining 26 other illustrious Vikings players. That induction happening October 30th when the Vikings host the Arizona, Arizona Cardinals. Really no better guy. I mean, it, it probably came as a surprise to Jared Allen, who's pretty humble as it comes. I mean, he's boisterous but humble in his own manner. Um, But I mean, 22 sacks in 2011, uh, six seasons with the Vikings, perfect honor for a guy like him. Yeah. Vikings legend, all around legend, you know, guy that that came into the NFL as a fourth round pick of the chiefs out of Idaho state, very little known. He made some noise with the chiefs. The Vikings ended up trading a first round pick for him. You know, it was one of those trades you see which way it goes. And Jared Allen exceeded expectations in every way they could have been exceeded. You mentioned that he played for the, the Vikings for six years. Four of those six seasons, he goes to the Pro Bowl. Three of those seasons, he is an All-Pro. Uh, you mentioned the 22 sacks in 2011. He ended up having 85 and a half sacks over only 96 games as a Viking. Uh, over 100 tackles for loss, 104 tackles for loss. So he averaged more than one tackle for, per loss per game. 155 quarterback hits. I mean, you talk about a menace you know, off of the edge. He also had four safeties accrued in those six seasons with the Vikings. Those four safeties tied him for the NFL record in safeties over a career. And he got him in, in, in only those six seasons. Just an absolute legend, a legend of a guy uh, and, and one of my favorite Viking defenders to ever watch. Just a little bit behind John Randall. Well, exactly. I mean, the mullet. The lasso, everything about Jared Allen is just absolutely legendary. I don't know if you heard this, Thor. I actually heard that he said Daniil Hunter is one of the, the best, and Hunter snapped back and said, I'm going to break your single-season record uh, for sacks. Do you think that's attainable and feasible? I mean, it's high praise for Daniil Hunter coming from Jared Allen. I'll put it this way. I'm really happy that Danielle Hunter does. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm not sure that I would say that that I think he has a great shot at getting 22 and a half sacks or more in a season. But the fact that he thinks he, he has a shot, that is great news. <laughs> you know, you got to have that confidence, right? And I think so much of the confidence this season is stemming from head coach Kevin O'Connell. Obviously, a completely new regime comes into the Minnesota Vikings organization. Completely opposite almost. 180 from Mike Zimmer and the regime gene that he had held Judd Zoglad, our teammate at score North put together an article saying Kevin O'Connell simply smiles more than the other guy, which is true. I mean, he has a very positive mannerism about him, a kind of happy upbeat mannerism about him. And again, easy to do when you're O and O and starting the season, but how important do you think Kevin O'Connell's complete different um, approach to this uh, from Mike Zimmer kind of, again, being more, uh, positive and 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 happy, if you will. Um, how much do you think that's really going to help 
the shift in team culture that, as we know, has been so desperately needed for the Minnesota Vikings. It's crucial, right? I th- you know, as Vikings fans, these last couple of years, everyone's banging their heads, you know, on, on the table, on the door, anything that they can get to bang their head on. The team had just gotten frustrating and stale, right? You know, a, a team that was sort of, you know, languishing in, in what is the true no man's land of the NFL or in any professional sport when you're just around 500 every single year. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where you don't want to be. Right. And so, you know, if, if you're, you're going to try to jump up into that next tier, the only sort of options you had were either wholesale changes of the guys making the decision, wholesale strategic changes, and then try to just sort of augment the roster that you had and go that way, or just blow the whole thing up. And obviously they decided to go this direction of mostly keeping the same cast of characters in place with, you know, some, some alterations on defense, some alterations on the offensive line, plug in some of those holes that they had. And then they're hoping that the strategic changes and, and the changes of leadership, that that's going to do the rest to, to jump you up into being that playoff contender that they were before. Hopefully they'll, they'll be again. And with, with O'Connell and, and, and really Quasi too, it's it's you have the personality differences from their predecessors, which are are vast, and then you have strategic uh, you know differences between their predecessors, which are just as vast and maybe even vaster. Uh, you know, with with O'Connell, you're going to a guy who now is is going to bring you into the the 21st century of offensive football, and and that that's a great thing. And like you mentioned with the disposition thing, I I think Zimmer the way that he coached. It spoke to certain kind of guys on the roster. I think initially it spoke to most of the guys on, on the roster, and he was sort of different than his predecessor. But with some guys on the roster, I don't think they ever really took to that uh, sort of surly, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't mean old that. Old school, as a, yeah. The, the old school. I, I didn't mean that as a cross-promotion for Score North <laughs> Advertising. But, yeah, the, the, the sort of curmudgeonly guy of, you know, and, and, and some people aren't going to take that. Kirk Cousins famously did not take to it. He wasn't the only one. And I think for some guys, especially the veterans on that team, that was getting a little old, having the taskmaster above you that's told you the same thing 20 different times. And if you don't listen to him, then he gets cold with you. Whereas I, I think these new age guys, Quasi's obviously leading with the analytics foot. O'Connell's offensive strategy, a lot of that is just imbued with analytics. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, in, in terms of that, those guys, when when they talk to their, you know, the, the guys that they're coaching, it's not going to be that that surly thing or that that good cop, bad cop thing that Zimmer had going on. It's going to be laying out for them. This is what we're seeing in our analytics models. This is how we think you can get 5% better this year if you do this and this and you don't do that and that. I think it's just going to be more clear. And I think for especially younger players coming in, they're going to take to that style better than they did to the previous one. And it already seems that they're taking to a lot of what Kevin O'Connell is doing. I mean, all the reports out of camp is the excitement for the new offense, the motion, the kind of way that he's approaching things to make it look similar, but make the changes so the defense can't read you and really put that offensive foot forward first. So, I mean, that in itself is, is worth a million bucks. You know, my concern, not concern necessarily is to make sure he can balance the positivity and the good guy approach with being a head football coach of an NFL team that desperately needs to start having some success. The fans are tired. The organization's tired of constantly losing. Justin Jefferson is tired of constantly losing. So, I mean, he's going to really have to balance being a friend and getting these guys on his side with also being a head coach of quite frankly, a struggling team right now. A thousand percent. Yeah. And you know, 
the you know we had that thing recently where they put up on the the scoreboard of practice you know fans please don't please don't tape our plays and please please don't put our formations out there you know it's going to help the opponents spoiler alert for the opponents they, they don't need to spoil for them you just watch the tape of the rams last year the last couple of years i mean that's that's the stuff the Vikings are implementing. Uh, so, you know, I, I thought that thing. Don't was give kinda... away the secrets, Thor. Come on now. They need all the advantage they can get. This, this pod's not going to last much longer if we shut down. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, but I, I think it's interesting to look at, at some of those uh, differences in, in, in strategy, right? Like, you know, play-wise, again, they're going to do a lot of similar things that the Rams were doing. And not only that, I, I think an important point is that's going to behoove the offensive skill players that the Vikings have. Even, even though before it was an old school approach, perhaps an antiquated st- strategical approach, but the Vikings have new age offensive weapons, right? And so those those guys are going to perfectly meld into this this new system. Jefferson, obviously, I expect Thielen to be, you know, Thielen's a guy that in the, the state of public discourse right now, you know, people are thinking that he is going to fall off or or you know, even that that the end could be coming for him. I think you're going to see a big big year out of Adam Thielen. And then the, the guys who this is best for, I think it's the manufactured touch guys that are good in specific sort of niches, but you need to get them the ball in space for them to succeed. Justin Jefferson and, and to, to a big part, Adam Thielen still are guys that are going to succeed in any offensive system that you put them into. But a guy like I'm thinking about is Irv Smith, mm-hmm. right? Ir- Irv Smith coming out of Alabama, you know, for, for my job, I, I do the NFL draft first and foremost. The 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 scouting, uh, the book on, on Irv Smith coming out was, he was an H-back size guy, you know, super, super duper undersized for, for being an, an inline guy, but a guy that you could motion around a bunch and where, where he could really do damage is when he was rarely the number one option on that Alabama team, he was generally like the third, fourth, even fifth receiving option. But when you got him the ball into space, he could chew up yardage real fast. Because the thing he was good at, he's going to catch the ball if it's within his vicinity, and then he's going to turn around. And his special sauce as an athlete, it's north-south speed. You, you know, he he is not as agile east to west. He's not going to make a lot of guys miss. But, again, you get some open space in front of him with the ball in his hand. That's where he's going to do damage. Guys like that, I, I think, are going to get uh, a sort of bump up just merely by this new offensive strategy, by the, the extra motion that we're going to see. You you mentioned it. That, that's going to be another staple of this offense that, that we didn't see as much in recent years. And there's right. going to be – K.J. Osborne's another guy that's going to help out a lot. I was going to ask about Irv Smith Jr. because obviously there was excitement around him last year before he ended up missing the whole season with injury. And he definitely has been injured throughout his career, which is unfortunate because there is so much promise for him. And again, at training camp, once again, everyone's thrilled. Does Kevin O'Connell's offense really – allow for tight ends to excel do you think I mean or is it something that maybe he sees how well Irv Smith Jr. is is doing and forms offenses to allow for some of uh that to excel for sure yeah 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 and and he certainly O'Connell certainly uses them and and the better thing that that I think he does offensively it's tailoring the scheme to the players which is you know I I I think another difference that we're going to see from from the past administration what I'm the most curious to see about his usage with Irv Smith is when again, when Irv was coming out of Alabama, I thought that Irv was an H back, a, a, a moving piece on the offense, but mm-hmm. not necessarily a starting inline guy. And the reason for that is he can block smaller defenders in space. But at Alabama, you did not see him lined up as much against the Ward Daddies on the edge. We've already seen he has durability, uh, you know, the, the durability uh, issues that he's had in the NFL. My concern with him is. His special shots, again, is receiving the ball and then being able to chew up yards really quick north-south. 
-hmm. when you put him on the edge against a guy who is 30, 40 pounds heavier than him and has better east to west agility than him and has a full repertoire of moves, Irv Smith trying hard is not going to be enough probably over a course of a season. And you wonder if he's going to wear it down. So again, the, the question with O'Connell is when, when the old staff uh, had drafted Irv Smith, it was to be used in that way that I'm talking about where yeah. you, you already had an inline guy that was Rudolph. And then you would have Smith move around and, and, and do that sort of stuff. Now Rudolph's gone. They don't really have any starting caliber uh, inline guys. I don't even, you know, even backup caliber inline guys like the, the tight end depth chart is not very good. So if, you know, people now are dreaming on the, the Rams used three plus receivers, you know, they, they were like number three in the league in that. And the Vikings were, were very low in that. And so I think one way to look at it is like, oh, we're going to get, you know, the receivers are going to be on the field more. KJ is going to be on the field more, et cetera. But what people got to understand is to do that, Irv Smith is going to have to play in the, in your inline guy. Right. And, and so that's that's going to take a regular inline guy off the field. And you don't know if Irv can handle the blocking or the the wear and tear of that. Or if if you end up getting an inline guy, you know, they, they were rumored to be interested in Kyle Rudolph. If they had signed Kyle Rudolph, you would think that that would have gone back to taking that third receiver off the field. K.J. Osborne, which, again, yeah. I think was the reason that they, they 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 drafted Irv in the first place. So it's going to be really interesting to see. Does O'Connell use him just as the inline guy so that you can get that third receiver on the field? Or is, is he going to do something else that, that compromises K.J. Osborne being on the field just like the past staff did? Right. No, it'll be interesting. Obviously, again, all eyes on Irv Smith Jr. Uh, as a breakout candidate again this season that was projected last year. Got an injury taking him out. Um, you know, one other final thing I want to touch on on camp, and I'm sorry, I know we're all excited, right? We're excited. Football season is here, baby. Let's go. Fall is around the corner. Sorry, summer fans. Um, but do we put too much emphasis sometimes on some of the very specific breakdowns and analytics in camp. You know, you talk about Irv Smith looking good in camp. Kirk Cousins is making some good throws. And I'm not on either side of the Kirk Cousins love or hate for the record yet. We'll see what happens this season. Um, but, you know, really, in my mind, it's always like that's a step up from playing catch. You know, they're just there's no nobody's going full out. Um, you know, I'm never really sold on what happens in camp and how that translates. I am all for the excitement. I'm all for being pumped to get back on the football field. But I don't know. Do you think sometimes there's too much emphasis and too much stuff that's trying to be pulled out and force fed to us from training camps? You know, in my, you know, with what I do for my day job, there's there's a, a similar question, just a different subject of how much does the NFL combine matter when you're evaluating players? Yeah. Right. You, you, you have all their catalog of film going back. You know what they did in college. You know, how, how much do you factor th that in? I, I think it's more about what piece do you, you know, with, with you know, for instance, with, with the combine. You're looking for that for information of, of players that you have questions about. May, may it be a, a wide receiver with their straight line speed or, or an offensive lineman that you think has cement shoes? You know, how does he do in the agility drills? Stuff like that. Or a, or a, a run stuffing uh, type linebacker, you know, sort of gap filling linebacker. Does that guy have the athleticism to project into the NFL as, as a guy that can, can be in coverage and do an okay job with that? With, with this question, I, I think it's similar in that. It depends on the information that you're choosing to extrapolate for whatever storyline or whatever understanding that, okay. that you want to have about the team. I, I think the people that make the mistake, it's the guys who are taking the, the, the clips off early in camp, like the little highlights, and then <laughs> posting them on Twitter and then the, extrapolating that of, oh, this guy is going to be awesome. Like yeah. the, the first couple of days of camp, I, I made a joke of that. Actually, I sent this tweet out when you, me, and Ross were getting lunch that day, but about how – 
Packer fans and Giants fans were, were fighting amongst each other to, to decide whether it was going to be Romeo Dubes or Kadarius Tony that won <laughs> NFL MVP this year. And just right. how a- absolutely ludicrous that was. That, that stuff, the one-offs of, of the highlights and, oh, this guy made a good catch. So, you know, he's going to factor in this year. That, that stuff, I, I think, is, is more or less meaningless. What, what, what is meaningful, though, it, it's you have a scenario now with the Vikings where you're totally overhauling all these mm-hmm. different, you know, strategic things that they – the strategy of the offense, the, the alignment and the strategy of the defense, you know, and how are all these players going to fit into that. That's where it's interesting, and I think the reports coming out of camp, that's where they get – really interesting of which positions are actually up for, uh, you know, are, are in competition. How are those guys doing? And then how are the new guys fitting into to this new system? I think that is what is important. And I think all you have to do is look recently to understand how excited or maybe how important training camp is. Go back a few years when Mike Zimmer was the well-established coach here with the Minnesota Vikings it would kind of sneak up on you that it was training camp. You, you know, it was just, oh yeah, that's right. Here it is. Well, since the hiring of O'Connell and with Quasi arriving, I think everybody's excitement is for the most part through the roof, just because it's something new and it's something exciting. And that isn't just for the fans. I think that goes for the players and to Thor's point of things are new. Everything's new. What time practice starts is new. The tempo of practice is new. The day-to-day of the football operations is new. The playbook is new. So I think all that stuff is very important. And this time around, I think paying attention to training camp is very important. Three, four years from now, if O'Connell's still here, I hope he is, because generally that means things are going well for the Minnesota Vikings. (laughs) Maybe three or four years from now, we're not as excited by it. But, you know, in the in, in uh, on the high level, too, it's just it's the start of something new. The right. season starts over. Everybody in the league thinks they can win the Super Bowl at this point. <laughs> so everybody's excited when camp comes around. I, you know, I don't play. And again, covering hockey, covering training camp, development camp. I get it. I'm a reporter out there. We need to find the stories that we find and kind of bring some excitement and bring some light. So I totally get it. It's just one thing. I'm Because even with NHL training camp, I'm like, okay. That's the, yep, here we go. So Vikings still love you. I know we're into it. So the season's right around the corner. Speaking of, we're in August, Thor. Preseason is here. Uh, Let's take a look at the Minnesota Vikings schedule. How much fun is it going to be to open up the season with the Green Bay Packers? I mean, do you think the schedulers were like, hey, let's give them this, uh, this dose of medicine right off the bat? No, I, I think I think this is great for the Vikings. I, I legitimately do, right? Like mm-hmm. the the thing of the thing of like, oh, fans don't send the thing out because it's gonna, you know, inform the opponent. That that's ridiculous. But what's <laughs> not ridiculous is you're you're facing this team that has a whole bunch of personnel that they used to have, and now they're gonna face you without knowing how it looks when the bullets are flying. Because yeah. O'Connell, he's not gonna roll out the the whole st- offensive strategy in in the preseason, and it's not just the plays they're running, right? It's like. Think about it like a major league pitcher. You know, there, there's some pitchers that will have five pitches, two two pitchers that can have five pitches. They can be identical pitches, but one of the guys in identical control, but one of the guys can be better because of this concept called pitch sequencing. You know, o- O'Connell is going to be throwing things in in different sequences than, than some of these coaches are used to and the, the personnel on the other side. I think the fact that you get the Packers in week one and in your home stadium w- with this new administration, I, I think that that's a really, really good thing. 
September 11th game definitely going to be good again. And it's going to give that confidence that maybe the Vikings need a win, a win out the gates in game one in general is going to do huge things, especially for a new head coach, a new offensive scheme. But to do it against the Packers, not only a rival, but a team where I still believe the division's going to go through. I think that's going to be absolutely huge. Thor, what do you think? They win that game? Yeah, I think they're going to beat the Packers in the opener. I do. All right. Going on to September 19th, Vikings versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Who you got? I take the Vikings in this one too. You know, I mean, they're, they're going on the road, but the, the Eagles, they still have some questions. They they did get AJ Brown, which, which should help out uh, Jalen Hurts quite a bit. How much is that usage going to affect Devonta Smith? You know, how, how is the other stuff going to gonna work out? And then the, the thing with them, the Eagles last year is they had a big problem running the ball. You know, I, I don't know if, if this year it's, it's going to get better. Is Miles Sanders all of a sudden going to jump up? Is Kenny Gainwell going to jump up a little bit? They, they, they do have talent, the Eagles do, but they have just enough questions that I think if, if the Vikings start out on the right foot, I, I think they'll be able to get them in that one too. I would agree. I think it's going to be closer than maybe you alluded to. I'm going to go with like a three-point difference only because I kind of feel like maybe I do think they'll get the win against the Packers because my heart says so, but I think they might be riding a little too high. As we've seen before, you go in a little overconfident. They're going to pull out the win, but it's just going to be by three points. So I'm excited for that game as well. Uh, hosting the Detroit Lions then on September 25th. What do you think? Oh, that's that's a win. That's a win for sure. <laughs> I mean, there's no we don't need to talk about it. Win, nah, move on. Win. Bye. Yeah. That's a win. Uh the New Orleans Saints, October second. Oh, oh, and this is this is the this London, is the London game. Right? game. Yep. Okay. Yeah. We we got 30 a.m., ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh man, that's that that's gonna be tough. But I'll be up for it. Don't worry about it. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give them the Vikings a win in that one too. The the issue with the Saints, it, it's the quarterback play, right? And and the Vikings are gonna have better quarterback play than them. And then the other thing is, I don't know if the Elvin Kamara thing, how, how that's going to shake out or whatever. Yeah. Catching them at the beginning of the, the schedule when there's been the rumors of the six-game suspension, I, I think that's good, too. If, if you got Mark Ingram and, and James Winston in the backfield, you're not really concerned about that. I take the Vikes. All right. You see, you have them going undefeated so far. I'm just throwing out your 4-0. Ross, what are we doing for, second for, sure. for, for the record, between the two of you, the Vikings have not lost a game and maybe they won't lose a game maybe this season. Hey, I, I'm just know. I'm just keeping track here. You guys, you guys go, and at the end, I will I will give the synopsis That's of perfect. what you both think. I will say October 2nd, very important to me because it's somebody's birthday who may or may not produce this show. So the Vikings better win. You can't ruin that well, person now who I, will I, now remain I have nameless. To- I have Can't to pick them birthday. just for your birthday present. No, I wasn't oh, going to perfect. pick them, but now I'm going oh, to. Oh, did you so catch that undefeated. hint? It's my birthday. <laughs> All right. So we got, God, they're four. Uh, this isn't going to happen. Uh, they're 4-0 heading this into. This is going to happen. 4-0 start is going to happen. And in fact, it's about to go to 5-0. Let's spoiler oh, alert on that one. October 9th, they take on the Chicago Bears at home. You have them winning there too. Well, yeah. The Chicago. It should be Chicago. The only question about Chicago is, do they get the first pick or do they get the second pick? That yeah. that team is an absolute train wreck. They don't want to win this year. like, mm-hmm. And that was a part of the reason that I think the Ryan Poles took that job because the Vikings were talking to him before they were talking to Quasi. Right. I think, here's my theory. I think that Ryan Poles wanted to tear the Vikings. You know, we were talking before about how there was two different directions. The Vikings could have gone, mm-hmm. you know, new management and try to get the other guys to play up or you just blow the whole thing up. I think Ryan Poles wanted to blow the whole thing up, and that, that's why he didn't end up coming here. I think the Vikings got the better end of that deal anyway. But the, the, for this coming season, all Ryan Poles and the Bears want to do is tank and, mm-hmm. and get a top three pick. And the Vikings are going to help facilitate that by beating them twice. 
Yeah, I mean, yep, they're five and zero. All right, let's go. Oh, Jesus. October 16th, Miami Dolphins, however. I think that's their first L. I, I, I'll give them a loss on that one, too. Yeah, I mean, it's that that's a tough road trip. I think the Dolphins are going to be better than people think this year. They were a team that went through their own blow-up thing like the Bears did. They're, the Dolphins one's actually going pretty good now. Mm-hmm. I think Tua is better than people think, and now yes. they have one of the, the best receiving cores in the NFL between Waddle and, and Tyreek Hill, certainly the fastest one. Uh, they have pieces on defense, too, and the offensive line, which was a problem a couple of years ago, they've added so much equity to that. I, I think the offensive line is going to play better this year. Plus, you have the, the new coaching staff there. Mike McDaniel, very, very – I mean, he, he comes off the same branch, right? He, mm-hmm. He's off the Shanahan branch. Very, very creative guy. I, I, I'll give the Vikings a loss in that one. All right. Arizona Cardinals versus the Minnesota Vikings, October 30th again, when Jared Allen gets inducted into the Ring of Honor. Well, how am I going to pick against Jared Allen getting inducted? Exactly. You can't. You can't. And it it being a home game, this one closer, the Cardinals should be, should be better or, you know, I mean, should should be a solid team. Um, But the, um, it was interesting. I was reading through the, um, the, the football outsiders almanac, the football, and we're going to have on uh, as a tease, we're going to have on the guy that wrote the Vikings chapter, Derek Klaas, in a, in a, in a future episode coming up here. So, so check out for that. Yeah. But the Football Outsiders numbers are very bullish on the Vikings this season, surprisingly bullish. You know, they, they're like 9.6. You know, they I, they might be like fourth in the NFC or something like that. Whereas the, the Cardinals, it was the other way. They were lower than I, I thought they would be. Some of the analytics don't suggest that they're going to keep ascending, ascending. Part of that, you know, now you have to pay Kyler. You have to, you know, so now they're going to be paying Kyler, delineating cap room like the Vikings have been with with Cousins. Can't fill the rest of the roster up. I'm going to give them, I, I'm going to say the Vikings win in that one. I'm going to say they lose just for sake of, of just being different a little bit. It'll be another close one, but they're going to lose for the sake of time. As we start to wrap up our debut episode, uh, what are some other guaranteed wins and guaranteed losses you see on the schedule for the second half of the year? Well, I, okay. Well, I'll just go, I'll just go rapid fire. Win against yeah. the commanders loss at the, the bills uh, Cowboys at home. Uh, and then they got the Patriots at home after that. I'll say they split those two games. Okay. Then you got to win against the Jets at home for sure. The yeah. week after that at Lions, I've been pretty uh, optimistic with the Vikings in the projection with this one. I'm going to give them a loss in that one, just to be fair. Lions yeah. do have very good line play. Uh, you know, the, the rest of the team, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> then I'm going to give them a win against the Colts, win against the Giants, loss at the Packers in the second to the last game. And then the the tanking bears, you're going to get a win there too. That's, that's what I'm going with. The bears. I like yeah. it. So I... Yeah, I think they're going to finish nine and eight anyway. So we'll just go with whatever that might be, Ross. I think Thor, you were going rapid fire there. Did you just put them on like 11 or 12 wins? (laughs) Yeah, I think I think we gave them like 12 and five, maybe. You told me earlier 17 and 0. I don't know. Yeah, Yeah, I'm very trying to go the other way. I had 12 and five from my tabulation, but I wasn't sure if it was 12 and five or 11 and six. Hey, uh, if that is what it is. We're going to have a lot to talk about on Before We Die. Heck, maybe Before We Die will only last one season because maybe in a perfect world, 12 and 5 gets you the number one seed and you never have to leave U.S. Bank Stadium. That's true. You know, that's exactly what we're going for. Again, this is Before We Die. I'm Jesse Pierce. He's Thor Nystrom. That's producer Ross. We're here on Score North bringing you two episodes per week, Mondays and Thursdays, most generally. Sometimes things might get a little wonky depending on games, but you can expect to see us there. Follow me on Twitter at Jesse, J-E-S-S-I underscore Pierce, P-I-E-E-R-C-E. Thor, where can they find you? 
You can find me on Twitter at ThorKU, or you can find my work at Fantasy Pros. And Ross? At Brendel Ross on Twitter and Mondays and Thursdays on the episodes. Did I say, did I for say Before Thursday? We Die? The other day with a, with a T. Oh, yeah, that's, that's okay. That's what I'm here. That's what I'm here. For. That's why Ross is here, right? This is again debut. Not, none of this count. It doesn't count. It's all thrown out the window. This is an um, A plus from both of you. A so plus. Far. Yeah, wow, we'll great. see. Yeah, okay. it's, a, it's a good start. It's a good start. We thank all of you guys for tuning in, listening, giving us a chance. Again, we'll be bringing a lot of fun, different takes, content, uh, some guests that we have lined up as well, um, and just a different personality, kind of like Kevin O'Connell, new coach. We're just a new personality to add to the already awesome additions at Score North. So be sure to check out all of our friends at Purple Daily as well as uh, Randy's Rants too. Thank you all for listening. You can find these episodes where you get all your Purple Daily content as well. And that's going to do it for debut one. Have a great day.